0: The mystery of the kingdom, everything you need has already been provided. That's what's fascinating. I'll, I'll give you some scriptures to me that science and scripture say the exact same thing in my mind. And so that's where uh, uh, you know, we we're just talking to Jim and Tanya with PDP. It's it's interesting when you have to really get down to how things work in business and the things they do for these companies, etc. They know all of this, that somehow all of a sudden on Sundays or when you read your Bible, you got to put it away. And then you put it on the other hat again, and they go. Okay, let's get back to what actually works. And what actually always works is healing the heart, is putting the right things in the heart and healing the heart. And that's what ministry is supposed to be after, in my opinion. So um, anyway, let's just, let's just go to this first, first slide here a minute. And so uh, I believe this with all my heart. So I know most Christians get nervous about this, but science and scripture tells us the same thing, in my opinion, I'll kind of go through those scriptures. Everything you already need to enjoy life is already present. Science will tell you that. And I think scripture tells you that. And I, I find so many people in church, they get nervous about that. They get nervous about the secret and the law of attraction and all that that I've been showing you. It's very scriptural. This is where they got it. And uh, they're operating in it. Somehow the church is not, which is fascinating to me. And so anyway, and uh, as Jesus said, we've been given to know the secret of the kingdom of God. It's not supposed to be this mystery. It was a mystery hidden, but then he revealed, he says, for, for people who have ears to hear and eyes to see, Right. And then he was telling the Jews, he goes, and then if you don't hear, even what you do have will be taken from you. You don't have to worry about that scripture at all. I hear these pastors talk about that all the time. And he's talking about, hey, to you it's been given to know, but to them, and he's quoting Isaiah, saying they're hearing and always hearing, seeing but never seen. So he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But I tell you what, even the ones who don't have ears to hear, even what they think they do have will be taken away. And I see so many people like the Satan's, the devil's gonna take all this You don't have to worry about any of that. He was talking to the Jews that he said, You know what? If you believe, if you don't hear what Jesus is telling you, what you think you have, this whole temple system, is literally going to be taken away in the next 40 years. That's what Matthew 24 is all about. He said, When they go, Hey, I tell you the truth, this mountain, he's looking at. The temple mount right and he said i tell you the truth this mountain is going to be gone and every stone is going to be turned and the disciples go whoa when's this going to happen and he tells them exactly he says you see the romans surrounding it hey you hope it's not the sabbath hope you're not pregnant but get out of here you know it's not talking to you because how many of you guys really how many do the sabbath well if you don't follow the law if you missed one then you're guilty of all so you know it's not for you if you actually use your brain a little bit and uh, yet, we live in Colorado Springs, so everything's left behind, Series and all this nonsense to me. It's, uh, it's not any of that, guys. He's talking to the Jews specifically. Did it happen exactly when he said, when the Romans are gonna get here, get out of here, and even what they do have, this whole temple system, they thought they were the center of the universe, that was taken away from them. You guys get it? So you don't have to worry about the devil taking anything away from you. That's not what he's talking about. There's, there's no fear in the kingdom. That's what he's... And if you must believe in a, in a physical, real devil... We were just talking about this, Rainy, right? Diablos, even if you go look at it, is dia from, balos is from the fallen mindset. Now, if you even, if you, if you must believe that it's real, then just know he's under your feet and he's not an issue to you. So we were talking about that, Rainy. Is, do you believe in spiritual warfare? Not how it's taught. The only spiritual warfare is, is we need to worry about is we need to remind ourselves who we are, our oneness and identity in Christ. I don't need to battle a demon over my house or anything like that. And uh, that's why a lot of you guys are battling, doing, warfaring, and things aren't working. Yet, other people just, they don't know anything about that, and their life works. So which is it, right? We didn't know anything about it until people started telling us about it. Then you start fearing it, going, hey, was your, was your dad ever a mason? Well, I don't know. Did he ever do this? And like, I don't know if he did it, but I did it. And then it's... it's <laughs> And then you get into this mess, right? And before, you don't even worry about it. So uh, the only spiritual warfare is to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, the anointing in you. So anyway, let's go on to this next slide. I want to share some things with you. I think it's pretty cool. So uh, the first law of thermodynamics, some of you guys may not know that, but I'll go through it. Sounds a lot like John 1 and Colossians 1. So let me read. This is what I forgot. I I had them written out, but I think I found them on the website enough to uh, find them. So anyway... First law of thermodynamics, here's what I know. If your kids are in engineering school, just uh, put F equals MA on their paper and they'll get three points, right? Just force equals mass times acceleration, I promise. I don't care where they're going to school, they'll get three points. So uh, you look like you're kind of contemplating things. What? You're trying. You're trying. They're like, okay, force equals mass times acceleration, they're coming up with some equations. So you will, your kids will get points, I promise. So. That was the first thing I always put on my piece of paper, F equals MA, so you start proofing with that. But here's the first law of thermodynamics. It basically says this. uh, Everything that's created is already created. Nothing, no matter can be created or destroyed. It just turns into one form or another. So I'll read it to you. The first law of thermodynamics is a version of the law of conservation of energy adapted for the thermodynamic system. Uh, It says this. Energy can be transformed from one form to another but cannot be created nor destroyed. So matter cannot be created nor destroyed but it can go in and out of phase. It can be transferred into one another form of energy and another form of mass. You guys okay with this so far? What I'm trying to show you is everything that's been created has been created and nothing can be added or subtracted. Got it? And then I'm going to read to you this. I'm going to read to you uh Newton's Law of Gravity, some of you guys probably remember this from like high school physics. But it, Newton's Law of Gravity basically says this, mass attracts mass, right? F equals gravitational constant, mass one times mass two divided by the square of the distance between them, so you remember that? You get a lot of points if you can put that one on the paper too. And so I just knew all this stuff because we I was an aeronautical engineer, so anyway, you get all this. Here's, here's another one, you can amaze people. If they ever ask you how an airplane works, Just say, where the velocity is high, the pressure is low. And they'll go, man, that dude is smart. So just go, I know Bernoulli's equation. That's what it's all about. Where the velocity is high, the pressure is low. Does that make sense? That's how airplanes work, actually. So you can go, I know Bernoulli's equation. So that always got me a lot of points, too. But Newton's law of gravity stated that masses attract mass. So a physical thing attracts a physical thing. Well, then Einstein comes along later, and uh, and Jeff Forrest, we were talking about this earlier, Einstein comes around and he says, yeah, mass does attract mass, but energy is mass. So now he goes, energy equals mass. So mass attracts mass, and then Einstein goes, yes, but there's something even deeper on the quantum level, the smallest level, that energy attracts mass. Does that make sense? So Newton got it hey physical things attract physical things but Einstein took it a a step further with the theory of relativity and he says yes but energy and mass are the same thing at the same time they go in, in and out of phase constantly that's cool to me if you guys understand Barb knows I've always been fascinated by all that as long as I've been around it's like god that's cool stuff so here's what I'm trying to get across to you is thoughts are things very powerful things are they not you guys know when you're thinking good things, you feel good, don't you? And when you're thinking bad things, how do you feel? That's very powerful. So thoughts have a certain wavelength, a certain energy, which produces a certain physical response, a physical mass. If you change your thoughts, what do you expect about the mass to change? It'll change. That's, now I'm gonna read John 1 and Colossians 1. But if you understand that, thoughts are things. Energy attracts things. So we typically, we typically operate in the physical. And Jesus came and he said, no, no, it's it's the other way around. The The Jews were looking for a physical kingdom, and he goes, no, the kingdom's in. It's spiritual. So if you change your heart and minds, you change the spirit, metanoia, where he says repent, that doesn't mean change your behavior, it literally means change your knowledge. Change what you believe. Don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The spirit controls the physical. Does that make sense? It's not the other way around. And so what religion does is if things aren't happening in the physical or things are happening in your life that you don't like, they typically tell you to get busy. They typically tell you to get religious. And the challenge with that is they go, hey, read the Bible more, do this more, praise more, do this, da, 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 more, 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 more. And I just think, you know what? That's not what Christ taught. I thought he says the spirit's within, guys. Change what's in here and everything physical will change. Hopefully that makes sense, so let's talk about this. So first law of thermodynamics is matter cannot be created nor destroyed. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just changes in and out of phase, does that make sense? So you guys all know this probably from high school physics is if I hold my phone up here, it has a certain kind of energy, what does it have? Potential energy, if if I drop this and it lands on an egg, what's gonna happen to the egg? That potential energy, because of gravity, there's potential, that if I drop this, that egg's gonna break. And as soon as I drop it, take it out of my hand, it converts to kinetic energy, energy of motion, right? You guys get it? So the energy is not created or destroyed, it just transferred. That's how crash zones work in your car. If you have a nice car, the, the impact of a collision is crumpled into the frame and the, the crash zones so you don't get crushed like an egg. Does that make sense? And uh, I, I see, I remember growing up like this. I remember no seat belts. I remember my mom doing this on the front seat where I'm standing up and I'm three as if that arm was gonna do anything, right? I was gonna be a projectile through the windshield, but somehow she thought if I hit something, my arm is gonna work. And so, uh, you know, it's amazing to me. We all lived through all of that. None of us wore crash helmets on our bicycles. And uh, we all live. In fact, we, we poked fun of the guy that had that, his mom made him wear a crash helmet and put a flag on his bike. There's no way. If my mom told me that, i cut it off when I'm at the park when I'm in my buddies. I'm hiding that stuff. I'd say, no, some bully took my helmet. We were too poor. She couldn't keep buying me helmets. I just think it's funny. Is We fear all this stuff and none of it happens, right? Anyway. Alright. So the first law of thermodynamics says matter and energy cannot be destroyed, it just stays the same. It goes in and out of face. Let's read John one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was and the word was with God and the word was God. That word with is, as Baxter does such a good job, is face to face and intimacy. Who is the word? Jesus. You guys know it's not your Bible. Right? Because in the beginning was there a Bible? No. <laughs> That'll get you thrown out of most churches, but... (sighs) And if you ever wonder about that, just look at the woman caught in the act of adultery. It's It's just a classic one. I go, you realize Jesus contradicted the word all the time? Where he says, your scriptures say we should stone this woman, and then they turn to the word of God made flesh, the one John's talking about, and they say, but what do you say? Right? So it talks about the word, but it's not the word, because he came to contradict a lot of the word. And he says... Your word says an eye for an eye, but I say love your enemy. Your word says we should kill the woman caught in the act of adultery, but he writes on the stone tablets twice on the floor, which is, a, which is really uh, a fulfillment of Moses writing the, the tablets in heaven, right? You guys have heard me talk about that. The Jews believed that the, the, the sky was the, the floor of the temple because they looked up, and they go, hey, God must be up there. Where was God the whole time? in, through, and withholding all things. That's what John's talking about. He's like, he came to reveal the truth that you were never separated from God, that you were always in him. And all religion says you're separated from God, even most Christianity, and Jesus came to reveal, no, 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 it was, this mystery's been hidden. I've been in you. The day I release the Abba spirit, you're gonna realize I'm in you and you're in me and we're one. And you're, that's, the, that's the mystery of the kingdom of God, is we're one. And so anyway, the first time he writes on the stones, they come down, they're broken, goes back up to heaven, you know, the story of Moses Writes on the blue sapphire stones again. And what does he do with the stones? Don't show these to the people. Put them in the mercy seat. So the second set of stones, guys, in Christ, how many commandments have you ever broken? Zero. The second set of stones was not shown. So when they go, hey, the Bible says we should stone this woman, right? But what do you say? Where is Jesus in this? It says he writes on the sand, but you gotta look where he is. The King James translation says he likes on the sand, but he's in the temple courts. He's in the floor of the temple. He writes down, it says, the old left. The old covenant had to leave, right? Because they were guilty. And then he says, woman, where are your accusers? He writes down the stones a second time. All that's left is the woman and him. So the second set of stones, how many did she break? None. Because all that was left is her and him. Jesus in the temple floor with the woman caught in the act was contradicting scripture. The holy, jeez, do I dare say that? Um, Is that true or is that true? The Bible, Jesus contradicted. So take that for what it's worth. In the beginning was not the King James Bible. In the beginning was Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was face to face with God and Jesus was God. He was the beginning with God. All things were made through him. How many things were made through him? All things. <clears throat> and without him, nothing was made that was made. So all things have been made. And how many things are left to be made? None. Doesn't this sound like the first law of thermodynamics? Colossians is even better. In him, in him, where's life happen? In him, right? In him. And that's where I think if you see, uh, hopefully Brad will do the, the gospel in chairs too. Like Baxter did a little bit where he had the, the, two, the three chairs the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you read it right, it says all creation was in. Never. The, the, the original lie and the lie that the Christianity struggles with today is separation. That somehow behavior separates from God because he's so holy. Because we've, made, we've had this turn and burn God versus God's a loving Father, which is really his spirit that came to. You guys know what I'm talking about, turn or burn, right? Man, no wonder. It's just how pleasant that, uh, hey, you better turn or you're going to burn. Like, that doesn't sound like a loving father to me. My heart just can't go there. It's because there's no way that I love my kids more than God, and he's the source of all love, so I, somehow we're missing this thing, right? So Jesus came to reveal, in him were made, and without him nothing was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and that light shines in our darkness, but we didn't comprehend it so the light was there and we were in him but did we understand it? no you know it's fascinating if you go to Genesis 1 let's do that real quick so John 1 in the beginning what, how does Genesis 1 start? in the beginning right? let me pull it up real quick this is kind of fascinating to me this isn't really what I wanted to talk about but um, Genesis 1 in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth to a Jew what's the heaven and the earth? anybody know? where God meets man, the temple system. So what's the new temple? What's the new heaven what's the new earth? You are. That's what Paul said, don't you know, you're the temple, it's where God meets man, the incarnation. We're gonna talk about that at Christmas. Uh, who's the incarnation today? You are. You guys get it? They believed the heaven and earth, the spiritual and the physical are one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. What did he create? See if this sounds like John 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. You know what sin is? The word sin is hamartia. It's no form. No form or identity. It's not behavior. In the beginning, and the earth was without form. That's what Paul says. We should have no more sin consciousness. We should know who our identity is now. I just think it's fascinating. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The deep cries out to deep. You guys have all heard those those scriptures and psalms in different places. Where is the deep, the spiritual in our hearts and minds, right? And then the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, "There, let be light," and there was light. Isn't that exactly what he's just saying here in John one? In the beginning was the word. The word was in union with God. The word was God. Everything that was created in him, in him was life. And light shines in the darkness, but the darkness didn't comprehend it. You know what? In the beginning, the heaven and earth was created, but we were without form. There was darkness. And the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. I think it's fascinating, personally. See, the Jews never believed Genesis 1 was about a creation narrative. They believed it was about us there's really a picture of us in this whole process of us living life. And so I just think it's cool. So anyway, let's go to the next slide here. Let's talk about Colossians. So Colossians 1.12, I I love this. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in what? Light. Light. He's going to go through this whole light and darkness narrative a lot right here. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. So the power of darkness is what? If you're in a completely dark room and you can't See anything? What's the power of darkness? I can't see. Saul was killing Christians in the name of God, and then what happened? An evangelist came and he said, "If you accept Jesus into your heart," no, he saw a great light, and the scales came off. He could see. You see the symbolism in all of it. So the power of darkness is the darkness shined in the light, but the light didn't comprehend it. In him was life, but we didn't get it. Genesis 1, in the beginning, the heavens and the earth were created, but the earth was without form. We didn't we didn't understand. You guys seen all this all never mind. Maybe you're getting it, maybe you're not. So he has delivered us from the power of darkness. And has conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of no form identity. Not behavior, guys. It's, sin was never behavior to a Jew. It was, I didn't see something. No form. Hamartia is literally what sin is. You, you guys have seen that if you've studied the Mirror Bible at all. Francois does a great job. He goes, Sin is not behavior. It leads to a lot of bad behavior, but sin is not knowing you're perfectly loved, forgiven, and radically in the family of God. I was without form and void. I didn't get it. The light was shining through me the whole time, but I didn't see it. You guys get it? But then if you've been delivered from darkness, then what happened? You can see. Follow me? And that's why he says all creation speaks of me. So as we sleep, when the sun comes up, what happens? You you wake up. You wake up with revelation, right? That's what he's trying to show you. So anyway, in him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over how much of the creation? All creation, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether there are thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. Doesn't that sound like nothing can be either created or destroyed? And where are they? Where is where is everything? In him, right? For by him, he is the image of the invisible God. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things and Where in, I said it, in him is everything. Not outside of him, not Greek paganism. Everything that's been created is where? In him. Now don't stone me, right? So was there ever separation? That was the darkness. Darkness. Man, I thought I was separated from God and I had to do all these religious things to get back in, right? But then a great light came and now I can see what's always been true about me, that all things consist in him, through him, and are, they've never been separated. That's, that was the original deception. That's still the deception today. You guys get it? That's Darkness, they can't see. So... All things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things consist or held together is what it says. And so, and you, that's where Baxter rocked my world the first time I heard it. Where he said the gospel is not you can accept Christ into your life. He's holding it together. <laughs> the, the, the gospel is the light shines that I've always been perfect in him. And I've always been loved because perfect love would never keep a record of wrong and never deny me. Does that make sense? That's the light. So he goes, the true gospel was the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are holding you together and want you to know you've always been loved, always written radically forgiven in him. That's the light. And then that's the rest comes. Like, You mean I don't need to do any religious things to be pleasing to God? No, but when you know you're perfectly loved, will you do things to be pleasing to God? All the time. The flesh kills. You're gonna get angry, murder, strife, everything else. If I'm trying to do things to be pleasing to God, I'm going to fail every time, and eventually I'm just going to not feel very good. But the Spirit gives life. When I believe, <sighs> that's what's so fascinating to me is, is we, we deal with this all the time. Is When you take people that are struggling in life, whether it's, it doesn't matter what it is. I don't care what area of life is. When they really get, you mean, this is, this is usually what we go, Hey, well, how would you feel? if you knew God would never judge you for any sin you're going to commit, even the ones you're going to commit 30 years from now. He'll never take his favor away. He'll never take his blessing away. He'll never take his love away. (sighs) I'd feel free. That's where the name came for Freedom Ministries. That's what we were doing. And guys, it's radical. It's radical, isn't it? People get it. It's just they get free. They get freed up. Not immediately necessarily. Give them some time, right? How long have you guys been at it? follow me so if jesus in that well when, you know the woman caught in the act they go see it says go sin no more but if you understand he's telling them the second set of stones you're in me as if you've never broken anything now go and don't have no form anymore don't have a distorted image of who you are because you, once you realize that i am god and i didn't come to judge you i came to make you whole in your heart what happens oh i'm free right Now go, and don't have a distorted image of who you are. That's really the translation, Romans 8.1. Now there's no condemnation It says, go and sin no more. And I always, the religious guys always tell me that. See, it says go and sin no more. And that's when it just, my hackles get started with this religious stuff. And I go, bro, you don't even want me to start digging around in your stuff. We want to go there? You really want to go there? Want me to do it in front of your wife? Then they stop said, if it's talking about you never misbehaving, then we're all in trouble. He's talking about don't have a distorted image of who you are. That was the true definition of sin, not behavior, not knowing who you are in darkness. Did you guys get it? And when you know that, when you think it's based on your behavior, the harder you try, the worse it gets. That was Paul's dilemma. I do the things I don't want to do, the things I don't want to do. I don't. I just hide it from the pastor and the religious guys, and I go, see, it says no more. Then when you're, let's, let's judge you by that standard then. You won't like it. Because it'll shine light in some of the darkness. You go, geez, somebody now thought what's really in my heart. That's like one of those when you, I knew as a kid when they go, every, every idle word is going to be open to everybody. Weren't you guys taught that? That it's gonna, you're going to get to heaven in this giant movie projector of all the things you did bad. and like, God, they're going to see that. That's, you don't even want to go then, right? It's like, I don't even want to be in this presence. No, this is the guy. This is Jesus that's never kept any record of your wrong. He goes, no idol, the idle word means, uh, you know, I'm going I'm to do like one really tough scripture of service because I don't want to spend a whole service on it. I want to get into the good stuff that actually changes your life. But uh, here's, here's a great one. If you, this scripture where it says, um, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before God. You guys heard that? So therefore, um, you better say I'm a Christian in front of everybody. Otherwise, Jesus is going to deny you before the Father. Isn't that kind of how you were taught? Have you guys ever denied him before men? But you have. How I many you guys would be relieved to know that's not what it means? Here's literally what it means. It says, if you deny, that word deny is contradict. And so here's what Jesus is saying. He says, if you contradict me and say that I'm separated from God and you're a sinner and you're dirty and, and you, you'll only be good if you, if you change your behavior, I will contradict you before the Father. And I'll say, no, Father, every, every person's been made righteous in me. That's the better translation of that. Is that cool or is that cool? Now you can re- relax and just love your neighbor. <laughs> and you don't have to be weird, right? In fact, you'll win more. You'll win more if you don't get weird with them. Just love them and live with them and be their friend and their neighbor, etc. So anyway, all things are created through him and for him and he's before all things and in him all things consist. You were once alienated and enemies where? In your mind. That's the only place where it says separation in all of scripture. You were alienated in your mind, He, in him, was life, so every creature on earth is in him, isn't it? And they're alive. If he's the only source of life, how can that person be alive? How is the Muslim guy alive if he's alive without him? You ever thought about that? So that's a very Greek thought, that God created us, and we're kind of like these demagogues over here, and we can have life without him. And somehow we're alive until we said the magic words. He jumped in us, in our heart, And then we are alive. But were we alive before? Weird, isn't it? It's weird. See, this is what Jesus came to contradict. He goes, no, no, no. Nothing's been separated from me. This is the great revelation that everything that's going to be created, everything's available, and my Father's going to give it to you freely. That's what I'll get going. We'll end on this. So all you who were once alienated, enemies in your mind by your wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. Re means again, right? And if you go look at that word reconcile, it means you were always redeemed even. This is fascinating. Baxter talked about this a little bit where we're on the cross where it says it, when Jesus, the last words he cries out, says what? It is telestai, finished, right? This is what I thought is fascinating. The Passion Translation talks about it and Baxter talked about it the other time. In the Aramaic, which Jesus probably spoke, it literally says this, for my bride. The last words he said was for my bride. See, if you, if you have a judgment mentality, then Jesus had to pay the price for what? Our misbehavior. That's what Western Christianity is all about. You guys are bad, he's so holy, he can't look at sin even though Jesus hung out with him. Um, weird, but he's too, but Jesus wasn't God then because God was, he's, but Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the whole, whole Godhead in a body physically and yet he hung out with the sinner. the only guys he really didn't like were the religious leaders who knew their Bible. Well, the bible says yeah let me tell you what it really means that's what he does so anyway um for my bride but if you get it where he redeemed us we were always valuable in his sight like the pearl of great price right and he came to show us again redeemed so did he pay a price for sin yes but not for your behavior not because he had he was so holy he had to punish sin that's weird you were so valuable to him. He showed you how valuable you were again. He goes, for my bride. And the mohar to a Jew, the bride's price was, how much is my bride's worth? This is what I'm willing to pay to have her as my bride. So Jesus, when he says, hey, foxes have holes, etc." but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head, right? When he actually dies, it says he rested his head Because why? He goes, I showed my bride what she's worth for my bride. What was his bride worth, you and I? Everything. He redeemed us. Does that make sense? We were always valuable in his sight, and he did it again is what he's trying to say. So anyway, you who were an in your minds by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So are you blameless, holy, and above reproach in his sight? Yes, of course you are. So if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard which was preached to, this is another really interesting one, This gospel which you heard was preached to every, wait, how many? Every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. That kind of rattles the people that says the gospel's not there yet until it gets to every part of the world. Yet Paul over and over and over says the whole world's heard the gospel. And it's been preached to every creature under heaven. See how the, the separation, missed, how we translate all of the things wrong, in my opinion, in scripture, how I was taught anyway. The good news is we're loved, forgiven, radical in him. We've always been him, and he's going to show us again. So he shows us how valuable we were again. Now, if you stay in that, faith grounded in steadfast are not moved away from the hope of this good news, which you just heard, which was preached to every creature, and what did you just hear? That everything is in him, through him, And nothing could be changed. Okay, you guys get it? All right, let's go to the next slide. We'll finish this up. This Mysterion, the secret, right? The Mysterion, the secret doctrine or teaching is literally what it means. That's where the movie The Secret gets its name. The Mysterion, which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles. It literally says nations. So, Because the Jews thought they were the only ones, right? But then he goes, this mystery that everything that consists and everything that has been is in him. And you have been redeemed. That was the good news. Is this mystery, what is this mystery? Which is what in you? Christ in you. So what's Christ? No, what's Christ? Christos, the anointing. The mystery is you've never been separated from God, but the mystery is the anointing's in you. If you go back and look at the anointing in the Old Covenant, when, when, when uh, David was anointed, what happened? Everything good, right? You became a king when you were anointed. You became wealthy when you were anointed. You, you, you were healed when you were anointed. Go look at all the anointings in the Old Testament. And the mystery, that was types and shadows, but the mystery, the real thing is, that anointing's in you. It's in you. You thought it was separated, you guys getting this? The, the mystery of the kingdom of God is everything he is is withholding you, but it's also in you. So the, the anointing that everybody's running for and, and all the charismatics are trying to get anointed and pray fast and anoint more and shabba-dabba-dabba more. And, no, the mystery is it's in you. You can't get any more anointed until you, you get more light. But you've been anointed as much as you can be anointed. You're one with the anointing. That was the mystery. You guys get it? So, you guys are anointed with the the holy oil. That's what he's saying. What they were craving for that only the prophets, priests, and kings in the Old Testament could get, you have freely. And everything you're going to need has already been provided. That's what he says, because everything's in him. And you're in him and one with him, and you're anointed. The mystery was the Christos, the anointing, is in you. This is the confident expectation of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present you What? Perfect in Christ Jesus. We're, we're presenting every man as perfect in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, man. That's so easy now. I don't have to get them in. They're in, right? That's the great news, isn't it? What, that's this great news. All right, you guys getting it? Okay, let's finish this up. So I think the biggest barrier for you, everything that's been created, you've, you have the anointing in you. The mystery of the kingdom of God is within you that we said is this mystery that you're one with the anointing. The thing that I think keeps people from receiving freely what the Father has already provided and given, sin, sin consciousness. Thinking that you're, not, you're valuable, you're not worthy, you're not good, because of your behavior. That's the sin, that's the original sin, that's the, today's sin, is homartia, no form or distortion, I can't see what's true about me. That's sin, right? Now that produces all kinds of strange behavior, but it's not the behavior God's after, he's after your heart. Because if he can change the heart, the behavior naturally happens. You guys get it? So when, when people come to us with struggling, I don't care what it is, we don't go, God says. You know what we say God says? That says he loves you perfectly. And he will bless you, favor you, as if you've never done anything wrong because you're one with the anointing. You're in him. And we're presenting you holy and without form in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say make them or become. It says we present them as already done. They're working out they their I am versus I can become if I'm a good boy. That's what keeps people from receiving the blessing. So sin consciousness is the main barrier to receiving all the blessings of our Father that have already been given freely. He says that you've been blessed with everything you could be blessed with, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So we feel unworthy, undeserving because of our behavior, do we not? That's sin consciousness. Righteousness consciousness is, even though I'm misbehaving, I'm perfectly worthy and wor- willing to be blessed despite me. Man, that's a good covenant, isn't it? So we fill it with religious exercise, spiritual warfare, Rainy is what I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about it tonight. So when things are going bad, things are happening in your life, whether it's relational or money or health, whatever, uh, typically what people start doing in the charismatic world, they start casting down demons and strongholds and this. Where's the stronghold? In your hearts and minds. It becomes very real to them. I get it. But the stronghold is in your hearts and minds. You thought you were separated. Your behavior cannot separate you from perfect love. Never can, never will. So... This is so we fill it with religious exercises, spiritual warfare. Do this more, get into the Bible more, pray more, fast more, shabba, dabba, dabba more, everything. Those are works, trying to receive what the Father has already given. And if you go look at Galatians, he says, if you try to do it by your religious behavior, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get anger, murder, you're going to get really frustrated. That's a tired Christian, worn out, right? Where we see them, they're zealous guys. They're shabba dabba dabbing and daring down strongholds and all this. And, and Barb and I were just kind of practical when we first learned about spiritual warfare. That said, We can bind anything? Yeah, yeah, you can bind all these demons. And honestly, we were asking, now it's kind of comical, but we're like, Well, who keeps letting them loose? Let's just bind the whole thing. You know, you don't need to go jump in a stream, let's just bind it all right now. I bind this crap. Who let them go? Right? We were just too practical. I was like, no, you guys. (laughs) No, I never knew any of this stuff and my life worked without knowing that stuff. You guys are the ones that have an issue in my opinion. Have you ever seen anybody doing spiritual warfare that looks really joyful? And it says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, it means there's never a place to not have joy. (laughs) Some come across here. They're spitting and severing. That'll scare a non-believer. Whoa, this, these people are, yes, they are. So what do we do? We feel, because we're we, we, we separated in our minds, this darkness, we don't get it. The kingdom of God's our heart issue. It's a, it's a spiritual issue. We fill it with evil works. Evil works doesn't mean like it's, you watch an evil movie. Evil works is full of hardship and toil labor. I got to struggle for this, my religious willpower and everything else. So, full of hardships and leads to anger, frustration, all the works of the flesh listed in Galatians. So, the mystery is the anointing, Christos. (laughs) You carry the anointing. That's the mystery that's been hidden. You've never been separated. You have him, you carry him. Operating from the amazing gift of perfection and union in him. That's the mystery. All right, let's finish this up. Let's go to the next slide. So I'm just going to review all this. So how does this all work? So Mark 11:23. 23, this gets picked on a lot because they, they, they get to name it and claim it, but this is the mystery of the kingdom. This verily I say unto you, that's whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in this sea. Now you got to understand there's multiple meanings to this. So Jesus is looking at the, the temple mount, right? And he says, listen, for verily I say unto you, whoever shall say unto that mountain, I get it. I, you know, they go, wow, well, the Jews also believe struggles were mountains, etc. Yes, but I think it's very fitting what he's saying here. He's looking at the temple mount, and he says, that whosoever shall say unto that mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Where was the sea? Sheol, the place of death, right? So if you can say this religious system, be thou removed and die, Did that actually happen? The old covenant was fading, going away, was it not? Always, if you go look at it. It says, if you don't doubt in your, where? Heart, but you shall believe that those things he says shall come to pass. He's talking about, hey, that religious system is not how it works, guys. It's a heart issue. The kingdom's within. If you don't doubt in your heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, then what's gonna happen? You're gonna have whatever you say. You mean I don't have to do it by works? Right? Imagine how, that, we kind of get it here, but how profound was that? If you grew up with a little boy, you can only go so far on Saturdays, you can only eat this, you can't eat that, you can't touch the Gentiles, um, uh, you can't high-five the priest, or anything like that Lyle Snavely, I was talking to him. You guys remember Lyle and Maria? Yeah. They say hello. They're, they're in Fort Drum, New York, and they watch all the time. They said so. They, he's got three years left in the, in the army. I said, we all vote for you coming back here. So, in fact, I told him, I said, I'm going I'm to use the emergency. So he started preaching to me on the thing. He's like, Mike, you've been, in fact, let me read this to you. This is really good. I know we got to go. I keep saying this. on it. <sighs> this is good though, Lyle. Oh, you, you did it on Facebook. That's right. Let me tell you, I love this stuff. Here's what he says. He goes, uh, uh, when times can be stressful, it's praising that eases my soul, putting on Christian music and knowing who, I, knowing who I am, even in a time of distress, a time where others would fold, that I can't be touched no matter what. I have covenant with the man upstairs. <laughs> like, that's just good. I was like, wow, you're preaching now. He goes, yes, I am. And so, anyway, I just love that. So, but he is still from Minnesota, so he, he roots for the yellow rats, so he can't be that, that much revelation. The golden gophers, right? The yellow rats. And they said, well, you're from Iowa. All there is is cornfields. I said, no, there's some bean fields too. So, hey, if you, if you can get this, that this, the whole kingdom is not that religious system that you think, how hard would that be though if you grew up Jewish? You mean all these religious works didn't count? And what's he saying? Not only didn't they count, I'm violating all of them. Did he not violate all of them? Yeah, he did. He came eating and drinking. And it wasn't Welch's, guys. So, it wasn't invented yet. <clears throat> you, know, you know how you know it wasn't Welch's, that it was real wine? Because they called him a wine and a glutton. So they, 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 they restrain from physical things, and what does he do? Eats the showbread, drinks wine, walks too far on Saturday. And then he's going, none of that matters, guys. So how hard would this, we take it as this is really easy, but that was really hard to a Jew. That was the cares of this age, this world, that they thought they had to be blessed by what they did to perform for God. And he goes, no, no, what you believe in your heart, that's when you become a son. All right, so he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, because of all this, that's what therefore is. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, what do you desire? I don't know, but he placed it there. That's how you can't miss it. How do you know when you're hearing God? What do you desire? He goes, if you you delight yourself in the Lord, he will place a desire in your heart. So therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, you don't have to do the religious works to get it anymore, but what do you do? Believe that ye receive, aorist tense means I have it, and I read that to you, what it means, like if you go look at it, is be surrounded and enveloped by the answer as if you already have it. So he goes, if you believe you have already received it, and what are we trying to show you? That everything you'll ever need has already been created nothing can not be created. So what do we need to do? It's a, if we change our heart, physical things happen. That's what he's sharing with you. If you change your heart, when ye pray, believe that past tense, you already have received it, then you shall have it. And I was sharing with somebody on Facebook today because they were going, willpower, persistence, do this more. God, that sounds like religious works. It wears me out and I get tired just thinking about it. If you're gonna use willpower and persistence in anything, is use your will and your persistence to believe you already have it. See yourself and use your imagination to see that you already have it. Thoughts are things, very powerful things. And if you think on that right thing long enough, you shall have it. It'll eventually get into your heart, and guess what happens? The heart, as we've been showing you, this, the other secret that he talks about is like a seed, isn't it? So John 16, 23, 24, you guys all know that, is, uh, when ye pray, believe that you have received it, and ye shall have it, so that your joy may be full. Let me just read this real quick, kind of the mirror translation. Uh, maybe, yeah, let me just do this real quick. So here's what he's saying. Because he says, in that day, you've, you shall ask me nothing. You're gonna realize he's your father, and you can ask him. You guys know the King James translation, right? And he says this. In that day of your awakening to your inseparable union, you shall ask me no more questions. Then the questions, the primary meeting is... Uh, you're not going to question me anymore, is what he's saying. Are you really the son of God? Is this really all you're true? Because in that day when you realize that I'm in the Father and you're in me, you won't have these questions. That's what that means. Instead, you should certainly ask. That's now to, to require something from the Father. You should certainly require or ask the Father directly in my name, knowing that my name represents the extent of all the Father has already accomplished on mankind's behalf, he will happily grant you your request and take all the questions of possible doubt of uncertainty out of the equation. Verse 24, until now you have not required anything in my name. When you realize what is yours in my name, then make your request and lay hold of that so that your joy may burst its banks. That's where it says, you will receive when you require it so that your joy may be full. Francois just translates it. You haven't required anything in my name when you realize what's already in your name, that he's given you all, everything you're ever gonna need at any time. Then make your request, lay hold, believe you've already received it, then you shall have it, and your joy will burst its banks. That's the secret of the kingdom of God. He goes, as if a a man should plant seeds, and some return 30, 60, 100-fold. And we've been talking about that. Martin weighed an apple seed. He's going to do a mustard seed now. But an apple seed, he said, weighs one grain for any of you reloaders. I might get this wrong, but I think he said there's 437.5 grains in one ounce. So there's 430 plus apple seeds in one ounce. A mustard seed may not even register. But this is what Jesus was trying to say. He goes, you don't have to do more. You don't have to pray more, fast more, et cetera, If you have faith as a mustard seed, then what's going to happen? It's going to grow into this massive thing. That's the secret is if a man should cast seed, he goes, then Jesus gives them an interpretation. Your heart is the soil. The seed has the power planted in your heart to produce on its own. Ye know not how. You just go to bed and you wake up, but all of a sudden it starts to sprout. If you have faith as a mustard seed, if you believe that you already have everything because you're perfect union with the Father, that's all you need. Just stay focused on that, that everything's gonna be okay. He loves me perfectly. A good dad would take care of his son. A good husband would take care of his bride. Would they not? That is the secret of the kingdom of God. Whatever you plant in your heart consistently, it will grow. You guys get it? Everything that you're gonna need has already been there, so how do, we, how do we receive it? How do we receive it? It doesn't come from what I was taught. Just believe and receive. Grunting, right? I know when they do that, they, they have no idea what's going on. Like, you're not, no, you're trying to, you're trying to buy work, receive. It literally means, hey, hear this good news, plant it in your heart, you don't have to know how it's going to work. The seed has the power in itself to produce exactly what he wants. Therefore, Paul urges you, think on good things, only good things, things that are lovely. How, how come the world gets it? Peter, Tony Robbins is going, be grateful for everything, because out of that springs life. I'm like, man, I've read that somewhere. No, 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 the science and the and scriptures are different. No, they're not. They're the same. That's why these non-religious guys are kicking Christians' butts. They actually believe this stuff. And It works. And we tell him, no, it comes, no, Tony, you got it all wrong. You got to cast the demon out over the house and, and, then, and then struggle and spit and shabbat out. He's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. I think he's, he's got the kingdom. He doesn't call it that, right? He just knows. They, the science calls it the ether and all this. They don't know what to call it. I just call it God kicks butt when you realize who you are in him. Does that make sense? All right, so let's finish this up. Einstein says it this way. Everything is energy, and that's all there is. How about that, Jim Farmer? That's what he's doing with businesses. Everything is energy, energy equals mass. Mass attracts mass, Einstein comes along and goes, energy equals mass. If you want physical things to change, you gotta change the energy. Thoughts are things, they're very physical things. Thoughts attract things. Mass attracts mass, Einstein goes, thoughts attract mass. In fact, they have the ability to change what's going on. That interesting? Your heart has the ability on its own to produce exactly what you want. Everything you've already needed has already been made for you. Everything. He's a good father. He's provided everything. So match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not some philosophy, some secret. This is physics. Einstein was a no no issues guy because I've seen this work all the time. He calls it spooky action at a distance. One person believes something that somebody 50 miles away has the exact same reaction to it. That's cool to me, once you really get it. So let's finish up this last slide. Does this help, guys? Am I losing you? <laughs> no, okay, all right. So uh, I gotta put my goggles on for this. Hold on, I can barely see that blue. Sin could never separate you from perfect love. That was the lie. The light shined in our darkness, but we didn't get it. When you finally... Your born-again experience is when you came to realize that I'm in union with the Father, the Spirit of Abba. He's my dad, and he's provided everything. So we need to remove sin consciousness, thinking you're not valuable, you're not worthy because of your behavior. That'll produce the wrong works, guys. We need to remove that from our hearts and begin to feel loved, begin to feel worthy, begin to feel valuable. When Jesus said it's finished, he says, I gave everything so you can have my everything. It's for the bride, is what he says. Then he could lay his, I've given, I've created many abodes where I can now live. Many mansions is what it says. Who's the mansion? You are. I'm still believing though I've got my penthouse and I'm owning the Yankees, man. So, uh, but that's going to happen here. So anyway. The only thing that I think, and science has actually shown this, is when you think on the wrong things, when you feel dirty, when you feel invaluable because of your behavior, et cetera, parts of your brain literally shut down where you can't get creative, you can't receive, you don't feel valuable. Science has shown this. Scripture, I think, backs it up. So if we can change what we plant in our heart, guess what? Your whole life begins to change. The mystery is it's like a seed. He's given us all these things. He goes, you don't know, no seed, no scientist can tell you how that apple seed turns into a multi-ton tree and it's less than one grain. He goes, if you can get that, that the real kingdom is spiritual in your heart, start putting right things in there. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform to this age. That's what he was telling them. You don't have to do all these religious things. How you want anything to change is change your heart. And you don't have to know how it's going to work. You just plant the right things in your heart, and it will produce. Doesn't that sound easier than evil works, labor, hardship, et cetera? So that is the mystery of the King of God, the anointing's in you. So the creative ability, you're one with him. Everything you're ever going to need has already been provided. We just need to come alive to it. Got it? So if you want anything in your life to change, how do you change it? Use your persistence and willpower to only think on the right things as if you already have them, and it will change. Hey, if you're struggling with, uh, I can't get these relationships, you can go to as many five love languages, courses as you want, nothing's going to change. Sounds good. Doesn't work, but it sounds good until they really believe that they're worthy to have a great relationship, that they're perfectly loved, until they realize God keeps no record of wrong with them, they will keep record of wrong with somebody else. We only love when we first realize he first loved us. Oh, that transformed us, didn't it? Before we were trying to cast Jezebel, and she's like, I'm gonna show you Jezebel. So, right? And that's not fun, because if you wanted it to be a romantic night, I'm gonna kind of cast Jezebel out. You think it's gonna be a romantic night for me? No, (laughs) no. Yeah, I'll show you some intimacy, so intimate with your couch tonight, so anyway, we, we, we don't do that weird stuff once we know we're perfectly loved, and I can perfectly love her, and I'm not perfect, I get it, but is it much better than keeping record of wrong and trying to do spiritual warfare? What a weird thing now that I'm embarrassed I used to do that stuff, so the mystery is, guys, you can create, change anything by what you plant in your heart, all right? Okay, get your feet. I went long, sorry, but I... It's because I didn't have my notes. I left them at home. And so I just got long. So Father, just oh, just let it sink into their heart that they're perfectly loved, they're radically forgiven, they're in union with you in perfect love. Anything that they're gonna need has already been provided. That's the mystery. They have the anointing. They have the, the Christ in them, the hope of glory. And this secret, this mystery of the kingdom has been freely given to all of them. To all of us, we're just trying, really just trying to come alive what you've freely provided for us all this time that we've been struggling for, trying to fast forward, trying to get into the Bible more for, not realizing it's already present, we're already complete, we're perfectly loved and provided for, we just see it as if it's already done, then we shall have it just like a seed. So Father, we just thank you that you, your kingdom works supernaturally, it works spiritually, not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit. We're sons. We don't have to do all the religious works to be blessed. We are blessed. We are favored. Everything we need is already ours. We just say thank you in Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen.